0: It's May seventh, two 2019. This is Acacia Thompson for Brooklyn Public Library's Greenpoint Oral History Project for Our Streets, Our Stories. I'm here today on Box Street in Greenpoint, Brooklyn with Hannah Cinelli. Hi, Hannah.
1: Hi, Acacia.
0: Hi. So can you talk to me a little bit about how lead-contaminated soil is affecting the health of Greenpoint residents?
1: Yes. Um, I first became introduced to this issue uh, working at PS110 um, I'm active in the PTA there with the Wellness and Sustainability Committee. Our, um, for a number of years we had a sustainability coach at our school, Fran Agnon, who alerted us And I had been sort of vaguely aware of it for a time, but Fran really sort of honed our, my awareness, um, to the issue. Um, we... The PS110 Wellness and Sustainability Committee recently did a soil testing drive in our neighborhood where we invited members of our community to uh, bring samples, which we would then send to the Urban Soils Institute to be tested. Um, We have discovered in the process and from various neighbors who have done their own testing that Greenpoint soils are toxic, basically. And the levels range anywhere from 90 parts per million in parts of Mogulrick Park to 300 parts per million in other parts of Mogulrick Park to 1,300 in some of our neighbors' backyards. Um, Those levels are all levels which should be abated. Um, We recently tested our own backyard and it tested at 700 parts per million, um, which makes me not want to let my children play in the backyard, to be quite frank. Our local park, we're waiting on results from our local park. We tested it a couple years ago, as I mentioned, and um, certain quadrants of it were in the low hundreds to the low 200s to 300, which means that if you play in the park, you need to be conscious of cleaning yourself and your body and your clothing and your shoes when you come into the home.
0: Can you give me a little bit about the scale that you're talking about? Sure.
1: So the EPA says that above 400 parts per million – in soils, you must abate, which means that you would either take out the toxic soil and bring it somewhere else, which is obviously problematic because then you're taking your toxic soil to someone else's community, or you would cover with six inches of quote unquote clean soil, which is what for the most part people are doing. So you put down a layer of um, what's called soil fabric um, and then cover it with new soil, mulch, you name it. that has has happened in um, various parts of the park, it's been covered up with many inches of mulch, which is why I think the park numbers are relatively low compared to, you know, neighbors' backyards that are in the, you know, upper 900, 800, 1300, ours is at 700. Um, So I think because the park has been introduced, you know, a couple times a year, mulch is spread throughout the park, and I think that's why the park numbers are lower than they are in private homes and residences. And I would say that the vast majority of my neighbors have concreted over their backyard. I mean, that's just the reality, and, you know, they cover up the toxic soil with concrete. You know. Can you talk to me a little bit about the health issues? So, um, obviously... Uh, it's far more dangerous. Ingesting of lead is far more dangerous for younger children, much younger children, you know, babies who are who aren't not particularly conscious of where their hands go, right? So lead needs to be ingested in your body either by uh, by eating it or inhaling it, right? And typically the carriers are lead paint, which is the major uh, delivery vehicle of lead into children or soil. Um, our local government, New York City government, is far more focused on water and lead than they are on soils, far more focused on those first two. Um, and obviously in public housing and in older housing stock that has been around for a really long time, lead paint is, s- still continues to be a significant issue. Um, older pipes in schools were one of the few schools in district 14 that does not have lead present in its water which is also deeply problematic um at a recent city council hearing that fran and i attended in september um department of health and mental hygiene and sanitation and um oh god what was the other one i'm not gonna remember Um, the official from public housing was there and they all were collectively saying that they're not focusing on lead that lead is not and not an issue that they're going to focus on and certainly in other neighborhoods in the city it is not as much of an issue as it is in greenpoint i mean with our environmental history with the you know our building history with the all of it um, and also very significantly our proximity to the bqe and my home in particular is two blocks off, a block and a half off of the BQE. So the legacy of leaded gasoline, for the most part, is what contributes to those super high numbers in our soils
0: right next to the BQE. Right. Yeah. And so you're talking a little bit about how the city and state isn't doing much. I mean, how do you think we can draw more attention to the issue here? Well,
1: fascinatingly, at that meeting, Fran and I were sitting there, and we heard the woman from... Uh, Health and Mental Hygiene say, "Well, our agency does not believe that le- that soil contamination is a legitimate source of lead, of lead delivery," and you could hear an audible gasp from the crowd assembled. And <clears throat> ultimately, there were a number of speakers that followed who said, "We have fifteen hundred in our backyard." Like the EPA says to abate above 400 parts per million, what do you suggest? How could it not be a danger to my children's health? You know, just being in the backyard and tracking whatever in, in our shoes that then we inhale or, you know, gets in our food somehow. You know, it, it's, it just, it's absurd that this, we are not considering this as a real live threat to our health, especially in this neighborhood.
0: Do you think that there is enough awareness in the neighborhood about about lead? You soil? know,
1: I wonder. And I think that I th- I do think there is quite a bit. I mean, just from our pff, anecdotally from, you know, the time that we have spent collecting soil samples from our community, people are aware. Many people are aware that it is a threat. I would say that the vast majority of those people are not aware the extent to which it is a threat or the extent to which our soils are contaminated. And I would say further that we and our committee is really hoping to do this um, to be able to give people real live tips and tricks. You know, I mean, brush your nails if you're playing in the dirt. If you're planting, if you're doing anything, shoes off at home, hand washing, hand washing, hand washing. You know, all those things that can prevent us from ingesting it. You know,
0: right. And with so many thousands of new people come into the neighborhood who don't know anything about Greenpoint's environment, Indeed, that outreach will be important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious what the levels are on this side of the neighborhood. I mean, obviously your proximity to the BQE, you're much further from the BQE. So that that element of it is not there. But
0: I mean, you know, all the new town, indeed, right? All the other stuff that happens on this side of the neighborhood
1: and all the industry that's been here for years, you know?
0: I don't think we would have that much of a difference. I think we would be really similar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I bet.
0: And so, perhaps yeah. what what else in Greenpoint's environment? I was just wondering about like how how the environment itself affects you and your family. So, you know, I mean, we're conscious
1: of the plume. We're conscious of where that is, and not necessarily living to want wanting to live above it. You know, we're conscious of our footprint. We're conscious of you know, getting away from the BQE as much as possible. You know, uh, we're conscious of shoes off in the house. We're conscious of hand washing. We're conscious of all those things. I mean, I can recall times when, you know, we first moved to this neighborhood when Ezra was 18 months old and being at McGulrick Park on a sunny summer day and in that sort of dust bowl little center area, you remember, and coming home from the park and Ezra was just covered in what looked like soot. It didn't look like dirt that he was covered with. It looked like soot. And, you know, multiple baths in the day just felt necessary to clean off whatever the heck that was. I'm, I'm, I'm would say that I'm a little bit less conscious of it now with a almost four-year-old and an eight-and-a-half-year-old. I mean, they're, they're, they know the drill when we get home. Good hand washing, use the nail brush if you have any dirt under there. And that's just part of our daily routine. It has to be. Right. You know, Is there anything else you want to say about Greenpoint? Um, Greenpoint. I love this neighborhood. <laughs> we're really, we, I am constantly surprised and, and just by, by the community. And we've made such a lovely community, especially around our school community. And, uh, yeah, we're really, really happy here. And I wish it weren't so toxic. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you for your story, Hannah. My
1: pleasure.